Delivering groceries to supermarkets, raw materials to factories, or the latest online find for your wardrobe. Logistics service providers keep the supply chains up and running and provide us with everything we need. Since they operate on a global scale, they can play a crucial role in shaping a more sustainable future. In the latest episode of Sustainability Stories, we want to talk about how this can be done. My name's Dan Wesker and I'm your host. Welcome. Sustainability Stories, the trading podcast on building a sustainable future. Our topic today, how can transportation and logistics contribute to more sustainability? That's what I'm talking about with Jan Kalmans, CEO of Rio, the global brand for digital services in transportation, and Professor Frank Strauber. He has been head of the logistics department at the Institute of Technology and Management at the Technische Universität Berlin for more than 15 years. Hello, Frank. Hello, Jan. It's good to have you both with us. In a way, you two know each other from your time at university. Shortly after you had taken up your professorship, Frank, you, Jan, began your studies at TU Berlin. And there, among other things, you attended Frank's lecture. Since then, you've crossed paths again and again professionally. And today, you are here together on our podcast. Frank, I'd like to start with you. What role does sustainability play in the strategy of logistics companies? I think it's an um, important place in the uh, logistics and supply chain strategy, and not just because now it's a very modern and fashionable and important thing. It is so since, since many, many years. Logistics is the key function of companies to serve customers. And um, this means in Germany alone, 8% of GDP is dedicated to logistics. So in, in, in those 8%, we have an important part of, of um, sustainability and um, more and more companies are doing business with sustainable logistics and customers, they are paying for it more and more uh, on a clear basis. So I, I think there is an important part of sustainability contribution of logistics to the sustainability challenge of the world. And more and more people are recognizing that sustainable logistics is a competitive factor. You've mentioned GDP. So just to clarify for our listeners, GDP stands for gross domestic product. And that's obviously something that's been changing in recent years. I mean, this, this wake up, so to speak. And Jan, from your side, what, what do you make of all this? What significance does sustainability have for Rio customers? 
it's getting more and more day by day, I would say. So on one hand, for sure, you have this uh, government and the rules, things like the Paris Agreement, but also the Green Deal of EU, CO2 uh, taxation and so on. So that's why it becomes a reality. But uh, if you look to the customers of the transport service providers, it gets more and more important uh, as well. And all of the companies have, or most of the companies have accepted that uh, the global challenge for future is about responsibility and about sustainability. If you look to Volkswagen, for example, um, being the fifth biggest uh, shipper within Europe, they clearly have the target to reduce the carbon footprint of their cars to 30% until 2030. So that's why they also need to think about green logistics or even zero logistics. And they put this challenge for sure also to their service providers, the transport service providers. But um, I want to mention two other things which are very important. It's not only because the customer wants it or um, the customer of the customer, the end customer um, has more focus on, on the topic of sustainability and uh, emissions and so on. A lot of times we see that our customers also from themselves want to take their role um, and have an own mo motivation to really um, realize this um, more sustainable approach. And lastly, a very important part which gets um, forgotten all the time as well is the part of the employees. My employees also want to be part of an enterprise helping um, nature, helping sustainability and want to work something for, for a purpose and not only exchanging money for time. So all this um, increases day by day, I would say, and it's getting more and more important. Right. Then a question to you both. I mean, how can... Uh, ecological and economic goals be combined, especially in an environment like the logistics industry where, where margins traditionally tend to be low. Frank? Yeah, you're absolutely right. In, in the traditional transport business, uh, margins are low. Transport is more or less a commodity worldwide. But transport is just the first level of logistics and supply chain management. We are thinking about end-to-end customer value chains today. And uh, with this point of view, you are trying to have a view on total cost and on total sustainability goals along the value chain. Alone in the automotive industry, and Jan just mentioned Volkswagen, you have a value added of approximately 20%, 25% of the finished car. So more than 70% is coming from several thousands of suppliers. So it's a very complex and global network you have to manage. Transport and global growth are not decoupled. Transport is growing 30% faster than worldwide GDP. So on the first level, we have to increase efficiency in our logistics system, in our transport system. And that is what Volkswagen, Trayton and Rio, for example, is, is doing. They understand that at the end, a truck is important, but a truck is just an element in the global value chain. And we need smart trucks. We need data-driven transport, we need intelligence in our logistics networks in order to cooperate, to combine, to bundle, to avoid alert transports and so on. And that is the strategy to combine modern technologies, smart technologies, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and traditional assets by platforms. Okay, Jan, anything else to say to that? Coming uh 
back to your question before, like how do we um, get ecological and economical things across? How do that works together? If you're a transport service provider, there are some things which you are doing in, in order to be economic, which also helps you to act ecological. For example, increasing the energy efficiency use will help to reduce your cost. Um, making your drivers more economically will reduce your cost for fuel and so on, but also um, make everything more sustainable. Improving the vehicle utilization is also one element of that. But then for sure, and that's what Frank said, and that's the very important part, it shouldn't end at the transport service provider. To really get the full impact, you need to think across the different players. And then suddenly more levers come up uh, on the road and uh, more and more possibilities to reduce CO2 and become more sustainable show up. For example, really reducing the overall demand for, for freight transport or shifting to greener modes of transport. Ah, interesting. And Jan, how do Rio's products and services contribute to more sustainability in logistics processes, both in the industry and among the logistics service providers involved? And what role does transparency play in all of that? To answer that last question first, transparency is, is, is the most important part of it. So if you look on the products um, of Rio, we basically provide digital services to the transport service providers, but also to the shippers. And one key element of it is providing transparency and uh, providing comprehensive transparency. And w when you think about uh, CO2 footprint, for example, there's one saying which is very true along uh, many lines is only what you can measure, you can manage. And with the help of our data, you can measure the impact of sustainability and measure your footprint and helping to uh, address it and uh, really make something out of it. When you look, for example, for this energy efficiency, which I mentioned before, there's the have services in place where we help the driver to drive more um, efficiently. We uh, help to reduce the downtimes and we help to give transparency um, and more reliability, which then offers the possibility for the shipper to use the most greenest uh, mode of transportation. Okay. Frank, if logistics processes uh, are to be made more sustainable, where should companies actually start and, and what role do technological innovations play? Yeah, that's a very important question. And uh, transport alone worldwide is responsible for close to 18% of the CO2 emissions it is approximately 10% is freight, so good transportation, 8% is passengers. So we have to reduce dramatically by 60% the CO2 emissions. But companies have to pay a little bit more for the logistics. And more and more, I see companies that are discussing those kind of phenomena with the regulators, with the regulators in Brussels and in Washington, and I hope that we will have a regulated CO2 price and a transfer of certificates related to logistics challenges. This could lead to, 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 to a huge step forward in the achievement of 60% of CO2 reduction combined with technology. And the basis for all this is smart platforms, visibility, transparency, what, for example, Rio platform is providing to all its partners. Right. And why is transparency so important in this situation? For two reasons. One is we are living in a volatile world. We live in a permanent and constant uncertainty, and we have to manage this 
with visibility. And two, we have to manage all the actual status and events and situations in our inventory, in our customer orders, in order to serve better customers, in order to find cooperative models, for example, to serve mega cities. The actual delivery of parcels in cities is, let's say, mid-age. This is Logistics 1.0. We need more smart cities with uh, smart end-to-end uh, -end logistics, and this all is based on visibility. And the last point is visibility allows machine learning systems to calculate and predict on-time delivery. So with knowledge based on visibility, you are able to manage your processes. So we have three actual areas why visibility is so important. Frank, if I may, um, uh, let me put it in a little different perspective. So Dan, if you ask me why visibility is so important in order to manage and uh, uh, fulfill those um, sustainability targets, it's because um, the, you have a multidimensional problem which you need to solve. If you take away visibility, the companies will only manage one thing, and it, that is get the part to the plant as fast as possible in the right time. They need to make sure that the supply of, of the right components to build a car is not uh, um, fractured or continues to, to deliver. Only if you add visibility, you can take um, further elements into account and think about how good CO2 levels are reached, um, how cost efficiency can be managed. And therefore, you need the, the visibility to really um, cope with this multidimensional problem and to really make sure that you manage that complexity. Okay, and then perhaps a short question to you both. I mean, how can politicians help in this situation? I mean, in part, they're actually doing it already. I mean, uh, you have the decision about the Paris Agreement, you have the Green Deal in the EU, you have the taxation of uh, CO2, and you have now the discussion regarding circular economy. And to give the frameworks and uh, put the attention to it and link uh, economic uh, success with complying to taxation is exactly uh, where the government already and the politicians are already acting. Yeah, I think on the... Um, level of politics administration, there are several aspects. One is just mentioned by Jan. Um, second one is um, politicians worldwide have to understand that logistics is far more than transport and is the backbone for the economy. Second, politicians have to understand that um, logistics, transport, is part of global value chains. And if they regulate one area, they have to understand there's a, an impact on other areas. So if you increase the price for transport, that might influence the greenhouse gas emissions or not, because companies are moving from transport to warehouses or to inventories or so. So they need to understand the end-to-end -end view, the total landed cost view, and three, I think politicians are absolutely right when they think about pricing for environmental effects of, of transport. And uh, the problem is how to find the appropriate price. The actual CO2 prices for um, tons is not efficient, is very volatile, and is regulating nothing. Uh, what we need is more adapted pricing systems to supply chain thinking, 
understanding that transport is one element in the whole cost statement. And um, that is something which is very difficult to transfer to politicians because they like to optimize different functions. Firstly, let me apologize to the listeners for the sound quality. We are, of course, conducting this interview from three separate locations, so that's the reason for the differing quality. Okay, so back to what you said, Frank. It seems you're saying that an adaptability in pricing needs to be in place for the whole industry. Let me just uh, put a question to you both again. To put the topic as a whole into a broader context... What role do sustainable supply chains play? How can a holistic view of the value chain be realised in order to achieve the most comprehensive effects possible? Frank, perhaps you can start there. Yeah, so holistic means end-to-end. Customer is ordering, the customer is receiving the goods. And at the end, the customer is understanding what the price in terms of money, currency, and the price in terms of greenhouse gases. He is paying for the order he is uh, placing. That means we need transparency again for the customer as well. And um, we need new business models in uh, future logistics. And those business models will be data-driven, will integrate different types of assets, and will allow competition between technologies. So basically what Frank is saying is we need to um, reduce barriers. We need to uh, uh, shut down or get rid of all the silos which are around. And that's what uh, Frank also mentioned already. He said, hey, let's don't have a look only on transport. We have to look more holistic. And if you if you think about that, what do you need for that? What, what does it take to realize that? It's digitalization. You need to make sure um, that uh, digitalization takes place, that you talk about interfaces and to really make sure that all those areas, which uh, Frank already mentioned, can get connected, can use the data of each other to really get this holistic approach back again. And I think this is one of the biggest uh, challenge in logistics since uh, a lot of small players are active also and so important um, to get logistics going. For example, Germany has 60,000 fleets right now of uh, uh, trucks and um, over 80% of those fleets have less than 10 trucks. To get digitalization going in those companies, this will be some of the key enablers to realize this holistic view. But then you have to continue with the supply chain management and make sure it all gets integrated into each other. It brings me then to our last question, and and again to both of you. What challenges and developments do you then expect in the future? And what does the future of logistics look like in terms of sustainable criteria? So I think that uh, logistics and the big companies in logistics have already realized um, that uh, logistics need to go green. And uh, you have now um, a saying which is say zero logistics. So the idea that uh, logistics shouldn't be a contributor in terms of emissions and in terms of not being sustainable and really work towards it. And you can see it in the goals and you can see it in the way big companies start to source logistics, that this is a key element of that. So this green logistics 
logistics, the zero logistics is for sure something which will be implemented, will be realized and which a lot of players and market dynamics go in that direction. Once again, those dynamics are the requester of, of the logistics, like the end customer, it's the government. But once again, it's not at the least uh, the employees uh, of companies like Rio, which say, hey, we need to act on this one. This is our purpose. And uh, digitalization is one key element of that. Open platforms with the clear standards and with clear interfaces is something which you will see more and more in the coming years. Okay, and Frank? Yeah, I agree with Jan. We will have in um, 50 to 20 years, we will have more or less in um, the high-income countries, zero-emission logistics networks. At the end, we will achieve those goals because um, uh, logistics is everywhere in the world and people that are, are working in logistics are very flexible and very smart and they are very fast adapting to, to new environments. Second, Germany has a high interest in sustainable logistics because we are transit country and we are exporting country with hundreds of thousands of hidden industrial champions and they need to be connected to the economic world by sustainable logistics. And my dream is that initiatives like Rio universities and um, combining different disciplines can lead to a German or European role model for sustainable transport platforms. Why leaving this game to Amazon or to Google? Why not doing this data-driven concept based on European leading competences by our own? And that's my really energy I, I put in the cooperation with Jan and his team to contribute a little bit by doing this to a better sustainable world. Okay, well, that brings us to the conclusion uh, of this episode on how can transportation and logistics contribute to more sustainability. I thank you very much, Jan, and also Frank. My name's Dan Wesker. You are listening to Trayton's Sustainability Stories podcast. Very happy you joined us today. Please feel free to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or with the podcast app of your choice. For now, I'll say until the next time, I hope you'll join me again for the next podcast in the series. Thanks for listening. Sustainability Stories, the Trayton podcast on building a sustainable future. 